Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. It's kind of hard to pray sometimes. To view that, we have six parts to that. The first part was you address the, uh, the Father intimately. So, so you're saying, our Father, or my Father, who's in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. So that's the first part. In the second part, we said that we want to pray his agenda first. And so his agenda is always the kingdom of God. His agenda is a loss. His agenda is unchurched. His agenda is our hearts. How, how are our hearts? His agenda is our motives for what we do, what we say, how we do it, how we say it. His agenda is uh, really whether we're going to walk in unity with the body of Christ. His agenda is to love others as he has loved us. His agenda is to make sure we are doers of the word and not hearers only. So uh, God does have agendas, and so we're going to pray his agenda first. Then the third one was that we're going to now pray our needs. And we said we're going to allow him, we want him to know that, that we are totally dependent uh, on him for our sustenance. And uh, also in that, you can ask whatever you will, because that's what he said in Philippians 4. He said that uh, we don't want to be uh, anxious or distracted about anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our request be known to him. So he wants us to bring our request to him. That was number three. And number four was to make sure we are asking him to forgive us sins of omission. Sometimes we, we have sinned, but we don't know we're sinned. So uh, sometimes we're sinned and we know we're sinned. So uh, we're asking him to forgive us our sins, our, our deaths, as we forgive those who are indebted to us or who have sinned against us. So he, he doesn't want uh, us to be like the, uh, the person was that was forgiven of a debt they could not pay, and then they went and choked this other servant who, could, who, who couldn't pay theirs, and it was the same thing. And so uh, uh, the, the master called him back and threw him in, in, in jail because he had not forgiven. So when you stand praying, forgive. So that was uh, number four. Number five was that we want to uh, make sure that we ask him not to allow us to be led into temptation. We don't want to be led into temptation. We know that he's not going to tempt us. We know that he, he will test us, as it says in James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. Uh, but we do know that he's not going to tempt us. We're tempted when we're led astray of our own lust. So we ask him, God, don't allow us to be led into temptation today because we're human. Okay? And number six, the last part, was to let him know that he is all in all. He upholds everything by the word of his power. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. To him be the glory. Uh, it's his kingdom that's, that's 
in control, not, not Satan's kingdom, not anybody else's kingdom, is to him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So that was the prayer pattern uh, that we had, we had given you. And uh, uh, some, some people might not know, well, why do we have times where we um, fast and pray? Because that's what God has said. Uh, in his word. Why do we have times of eating? Because uh, uh, the, the, the thing is that his agenda is a law. His agenda is unchurch. Sometimes people will come to church because you invite them for a special event. And the event might be a covered dish or it might, uh, some people call it homecoming, some people call it a friend's day or whatever you might call it, some people will come to church because of these special days. And we're supposed to be cultivating uh, our uh, expanded, uh, what we call uh, contact, whether it be at work, whether it be uh, in the supermarket, uh, because we usually go to the same places all the time, and a lot of times you can cultivate uh, relationships sometimes where, you know, they know who you are. Uh, you don't have a great relationship, but you just have one that's dealing with that, that particular uh, restaurant or that particular grocery store or whatever it is, um, or at work. But you need to be ex- trying to expand that. And if, you, if you're not ever one to invite anybody to church, if you never want to uh, 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 talk to the lost, if you never want to uh, talk to the unsaved, if you never want to invite them to church, then are we really about God's agenda? When we know his agenda is the lost and the unchurched. You see, so how are you going to, how are you going to uh, disciple them? How are you going to lead them to the Lord and then disciple them? Because, because that's what God says to do is to go to all, all nations and make, this, make disciples. So how are you going to make disciples uh, unless you do it yourself? But sometimes you invite them to church, and we have people in the church who, who love discipling. Uh, so, so we have times like that for that purpose. The secondary purpose is to fellowship, because God loves fellowship too in the body of Christ. Uh, they had love feasts in, in, in the New Testament. Uh, sometimes they said that they were spots in your love feast. So you had people that was there for the wrong motives. Uh, but we know that we do have times of fellowship. You don't get to know a person sometimes unless you uh, break bread with them. So that's why we, we are having things like that uh, periodically is because we want to uh, invite the lost. We want to get the unchurched to church. And we have cards out there that you can uh, just give somebody one invite card and just invite them, and, and that's fine. Because the purpose is to depopulate hell. Because that's what the purpose is. That's what we want to do. Okay? And to get the, and get the lost sheep who strayed back into the fold. Whatever fold that is. Get them back in the, in the fold. Because we have so many people who are, say they are Christians, but they don't go to church anywhere. Nowhere. Okay? So that was a review. Now today... We want to talk about how do we increase our really 
faith in God? How do we increase it? Because I want my, my prayers to be effective. And if, if my prayers are not effective, if my prayers are not going to be answered, why would I pray? Why would I pray if I know that it's not going to be answered? There are certain things that is just not going to happen, so why pray them? If I have that mentality, then it's going to make my prayers ineffective. So we want to, let's work today, start working today on increasing that effectiveness. Let's go to Genesis. Let's start there. Chapter 18, verse 9. Let's start there. We want you to know today that God is awesome. We want you to know today that there is nothing, nothing impossible with God. Nothing. Zilch. Okay? There in 18 verse, starting in verse 9, then they said to, to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And we're talking about the three men who came to Abraham. And Abraham had Sarah fix a meal and everything. And one of those was the Lord. And we had two angels. And, and so it says, he says, where is Sarah? She says, she's in the tent. And he said, I will surely, verse 10, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why does Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I'm old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord. Now, this is the Lord said. He just <coughs> this is what the, the Lord said in verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh? And he said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Let me ask you, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Are we saying that out of head knowledge? Are we saying that out of experience? Are we saying that out of the Word of God? Are we saying that because we know this to be a fact? Are we saying, why are we saying because, uh, we know that there's nothing too impossible to God? <laughs> see, because, because if, 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 if now, because see, a lot of times we say it, don't we? We say it because we know it's the Word of God. And we'll be kind of Silly to say, well, there are some things too difficult for God. You know, nobody's going to say that and then sitting in church. Uh, they're not going to say that. Uh, but then when I start praying, when I start having to believe that what I'm praying going to come to pass, now that's when that comes into effect. Is anything really too difficult for the Lord? Is it really? 
What happens when you hear the big C word? When, when, when people say, well, hey, uh, I've been diagnosed with lung cancer and, and therefore they've given me uh, two weeks to live. And it's, it's spread all over my body. What comes to your mind? Uh, does it come to your mind? Well, hey, that's the doctor's report. Let's pray for you and let's, let's believe what God has said about you. Or uh, do we really say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, uh, we'll be praying for you. Yeah. Uh, and we, 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 we do pray for them and whatnot. But we know it's just a matter of time before they're going to what? Die. Come on. I'm going to ask you. I'm, I'm, we, we, we're real in here now. We're real in here because, because, see, I believe that there are some things you think is too difficult for God. I believe. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody who had a stroke and, and they are, they, they, their left side is, is, is really not as useful as it used to be? They limped and whatnot in a situation like that. Uh, do, do you believe that I can pray, we can believe God, and whatever this symptom is from this stroke, God can eliminate it? Because I believe that sometimes we don't even pray for people like that. There are people, some people, we don't even pray for because we don't believe nothing's going to happen. Are we, are we real now about this? Or do you want to pray for everybody? You want to pray for the dead? Because, hey, didn't Jesus pray for the dead? He was coming, he was going into the village and, and they were having a, a funeral procession coming out and, 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 and uh, here's a, I don't know how he knew it because I, he was, Jesus knew everything, you know. And, and so here's this, uh, this, is, this is the lady's only son and, and he's, he's, he's died, she's a widow. And so he touched the casket and the man rose up. The man rose up. How many of us have done that before? You went to a funeral and you come to, I'm going to touch this casket. Because uh, so, Jesus might raise him up. And don't you raise your hand and lie now. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus did it, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he did it. He did it. He raised him. Matter of fact, uh, how about the man who uh, Paul was preaching a long time? The man was sitting in the window. And he, you know, sleep overcame him. And he... Phew, fell out of the window, all the stories down, and he's, he's dead. Paul goes out, pray for him, he comes on back in, and Paul, I'll continue preaching. Yeah. Come on. Did that happen? Yeah. That happened. Have, have, did you ever read in the Bible how people raise the dead? Jesus raised the dead, right? Yeah. Other other prophets raised the dead? Yeah. Is it biblical? Yeah, it's biblical. How about when Jesus went to the 
to the uh, latest house. It was Peter's house. And Peter's mother-in-law was sick. She had a fever. And she was laying in bed. What did Jesus do? Uh, he, he went, laid his hand on her. What did she do? She got up and started serving. This is a high temperature now. And I've had a high temperature. And I had a high temperature, 103. And... Uh, I went to the mercy room. The doctor told me, you better get to the mercy room uh, because uh, the temperature is too high. And, and I was okay. And that's when I found out I had pneumonia. So um, that, that's just the way it is. Okay. But I'm telling you that we can pray for these temperatures. We can, and, and, and that's what having trust in God we do. So all I'm trying to do is increase our what? Faith in God. Not faith in your prayers. Not faith in you. Not faith in uh, your, your little uh, whoever. Your family. But faith in God. Okay. That's the, that's the most important thing. Faith in God. Let's look at another place. Uh, let's look at our Numbers. Chapter 11. Let's go there. Now, now this is an account. This is interesting here. Let's start in verse 1. And the people became like those who complained of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the some of the outskirts of the camp. Now, what the people were doing is let's look at verse thirteen. Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. They are tired of this manna. That's what they were doing. They were tired of this manna that, that, that they had to eat every day. In verse 6 it says, But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except this manna. So they wanted some meat to eat. They remember the flesh pots that they, they used to eat uh, from in Egypt. They said, I wish we were back there because we don't have nothing to eat but this manna. Give us some meat to eat. And Moses cried, God. How am I going to get, get meat to, eat, to feed all this, these people? And so, uh, <laughs> this is interesting because, is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, how is he going to get meat to eat for all these people? How is he going to get meat to eat for all these people? That, 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 that's the thing. So what the Lord did was he, he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's go to 30, 30 um Let's go to 23. No, let's go to 21. Uh, it says, but Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 on foot. Yet you have said, I will give them meat in order that they may eat for a whole month. Should flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them? Or should all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them 
to be sufficient for them? In other words, how are we going to feed 600,000 footmen who are hungry for meat? That's a lot of people, isn't it? A lot of people invite for dinner. 600,000 of them. You see, so how are you going to feed them? You see, so, and, and this is what verse 23 says. The Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's power limited? Is his power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. That's what he said. That's what he said. Verse 31. Now there went forth a wind from the Lord, and it brought quail from the sea, and let them fall beside the camp about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, and about two cubits deep on the surface of the ground. And the people spent all day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. He who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. Was the Lord pleased? Verse 33, it says, While the meat was still between their teeth, before it was even chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a severe a severe plague. Why did the Lord do that? Because the people were greedy. He didn't, the people didn't want what he was serving. The people wanted what they wanted. And so he says, uh, Okay, if you want meat, I'm going to give you meat. I'm going to give you so much meat that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna eat meat for a month. But while it's in your, your mouth, between your teeth, you're chewing it, but you're not going to even swallow this stuff. Matter of fact, you're not going to even chew it. I'm going to bring a plague on you for complaining. I don't know, maybe the Lord is speaking to us because some... some Sometimes we complain, don't we? I know I do. I complain about vulnerable food. Dude, that's all we had to eat. Man, we're the same thing. I got to eat this again. I ought to be thankful I have something to eat. What's that? Yeah. But aren't we like that? Don't y'all get tired of eating the same thing all the time? Yeah. They're no different. They got tired of eating it. So, but don't tell the Lord now. You don't want to tell the Lord. You know, if he's, if he's providing this stuff, you don't tell him. But he says, hey, my word is going to come to pass. Is it anything too hard for me? Is my power limited? In other words, he's saying, is my power limited? Now, let's go to another place because this is, this is so interesting. Let's go to Matthew. Um, let's go to Matthew probably um, 14. Let's go there because I said, wow. This is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. Matthew fourteen fifteen. Let's go there. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, "This place is desolate, and and and, and the crowds, and the hour is already late." So send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. 
But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go, in and go, in, go away. You give them something to eat. Suppose he told us that. Suppose he told us that. Suppose he told us that for in two weeks. February the 12th, he says that, I want you to feed the whole congregation. We're not going to have a covered dish. You feed them. What will we do? What will we say? You'll probably get behind me, Satan. You know, <laughs> come on, because who going to feed the whole congregation? And who going to do that? Nobody going to do that. Especially if we don't have a five loaves and two fish, right? How are we going to do this thing? But he told them, you feed them. Suppose they would have said, okay, we'll feed them. But they didn't. They were thinking like we're thinking. How, how, how are we going to feed them? They said to him, we, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he says, bring them here to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food. And breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. They were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. Now let me ask you, is anything too hard for the Lord? How in the world did that happen? Can you even picture how that happened? How did somebody say, okay, bring me the five loaves, bring me the two fish, I'm going to bless this food. So we look up to heaven. Father, bless this food. Let it spread and feed the multitude. Do we believe it will happen? Come on now. I'm, I'm asking now. Do you really believe that would happen? Are we just saying that it happened because it was Jesus, but it wouldn't happen for us? What do you think? See, I'm trying to say, do we have faith in God? Because if the, if the need is there, then the provision is going to have to be there too, isn't it? If he tells us to do something, then obviously he's going to bring it to pass. It's not something we're going to do just to tempt him It's not something we're going to do to test him. We're not doing any of that. We're going to do only what he tells us to do. That's what we're going to do. Okay. But I'm just trying to say, if God tells us something, then we have to be willing to trust him, to have faith in him, because he's the one who said it. Because his arm is not short, that it cannot heal. His power is not diminished. That they can't do whatever he wants to do. Faith in God. I'm trying to increase our faith in God. Today I'm just dealing with how God is faithful. He is worthy 
to be believed. He's worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to be trusted. Because there's nothing that he cannot do. Nothing. Let's look at a, another instance. Uh, I think this one is really, really, really cool. Uh, let's go to... Well, I want to go to Luke 1. But let me just tell you about Luke one twenty six. That was when, when uh, um, Jesus, when Gabriel came to Mary, and said, "Okay, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a child, and uh, it's gonna be by the Holy Spirit. Uh, so don't worry about you not having a man. Uh, don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit gonna overpower you, uh, and it's gonna be from God. You're gonna call His name Jesus. Do you trust God? How in the world?" Can God do that? How can he do that? See, we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about a child being birthed, put, put in a womb, when uh, this, she doesn't have a, a male present. To, how is that going to be? How is it possible? There's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. Impossible, God. How about in the Old Testament? You remember all those dry bones in the valley? What did he, what did he do with those dry bones? He put he put flesh, sinews. In other words, he made people of those dry bones because there used to be people, didn't it? Is that possible? Impossible. There is nothing impossible with God. How about when when He says, "Well, I know you think you're Abraham, your father, John the Baptist, but I'm, let me tell you something. God can raise up children to Abraham from these rocks." Was He just? Words being spoken? Or did, you, did he know something? Can God raise up children of Abraham from the rocks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing impossible with God. He can do anything he wants to do. You say, well, how is that possible? A rock doesn't have... I know some of us got a hard head, you know, but the rock, come on now, a rock, how are you going to get a human being from a rock? It doesn't have any bones, it doesn't have a brain, it doesn't have nothing. How are you going to get flesh and blood with all these vessels from a rock? I don't know. All I know is that God is the creator, Right? How in the world would he make Adam, and he made him out of what? It's dirt. Dirt. How did he build Eve? Just took a rib, and, and then he just fashioned her. Was it any? Did, she, did, did he say, oh, man, let me get a heart. Let me get some, you know, some vessels here for Eve. 
Did he do that? No, he didn't need anything, did he? He, he needed nothing. What, did he, what does the dirt have in it that would re, re, resemble Adam? How about a heart? How about a long? Limb? Bone? Nothing. He just doesn't because he's what? God. He's God. I'm trying to increase our faith in God. That's what I'm trying to do now. Because until you have faith in God, your prayers are not going to be effective. Because you don't believe God can do it. Because this is too hard for God. And I'm just trying to point out, there is nothing impossible with God. Now I know that you said, well, well, I've heard it before. Well, God, he, he, he can. He can. He can. But he might not. Well, let's look at it. Let's go to, I want to go to Mark 9, 14. Let's go there. Mark 9, 14. Now, when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to, to greet him. And they asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son possessed with a spirit which uh, makes him mute. And when it seizes him, it slams him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast him out, but they couldn't do it. And he answered to them, said, Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. When he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground. He began rolling around, foaming in the mouth. And he asked his father, How long has, has this been happening to him? He said, From childhood. And it says, verse 22, It has often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. That sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Doesn't it? If you can, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This is what, this is what the Father was saying. And Jesus said to him, if you can. That's how, that's how I mean, it's a question, isn't it? That's a question mark. Because he asked, he said, Hey, but 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 if you if you can do anything, have pit on us. And you say if you can, in other words, don't you know that all things are possible to him who believes? And Jesus could have said, all things are possible to me. All things are possible to God, couldn't it? Right. So sometimes uh, let's don't ask that question. Let's don't ask that question. If you can, Lord, help me. He can. He can. 
That's why I believe he said, if you can, what you mean if you can? Don't you know, I'm the son of God, I'm the son of man. What you talking about, if you can? If you can. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. So while we ask that question, if you can, let's don't ask it. Let's, let's go to another place. Matthew 8.1. Let's go there. I think this is a, a good one. Because it, it is discussing something else. Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can take, you can make me clean. Now, how many times have we said, well, I know the Lord can because Nothing is impossible with the Lord. I just don't know whether he will or not. Come on. I just don't know whether he will or not. Ha, ha, ha. This is what this leper said. Lord, if you are willing, you can, you can make me clean. See, he's already acknowledging that you can make me clean. But if you, you got to be willing, though, Lord. I'm a leper. You know, you got to be willing. I know you can do it, but you got to be willing to do it. Jesus could have said, you know what? You're you a little faith. I'm not willing to do it. I'm not willing to do it. I'm going to help somebody else. I'm not going to help you. Because I can't help everybody. So, I'm not going to help you. Did he tell that leper that? Verse 3. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. I am willing. I want you to hear those now. I am willing. So if you ask the question, Jesus, I know, God, I know all things are possible with you, but if you're willing, will you heal my mother? Will you do this? Will you do that? If I'm willing... I'm willing. If I'm willing to cleanse a leper, why wouldn't I be willing to cleanse my son or daughter who I'm in covenant with, who Jesus Christ been sent and died on a cross for? Why in the world would I, wouldn't I be willing to help you? Why wouldn't he be willing to help us? This leper, I mean, this leper, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. This leper, what's, what's so special about this leper? Nothing special about this leper. What's special about us? We're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We're righteous by the blood of Jesus, aren't we? We're child of the Almighty God. We have a covenant. We, we, our life is here with, with Christ and God. We're we seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Well, so what time I? Are you willing? If you're willing. God is willing. We want to celebrate that today. Not only is God able, but he's willing. 
You say, well, I know you said it. I didn't say it. He said it. It's in red in my Bible. And your little electronic devices might be black. But it's in my Bible. It's, I am willing. This is Jesus talking. He says, be cleansed. Be cleansed. And immediately, the leprosy was cleansed. That's what it said. It gives me encouragement when I read this because I won't ask the question, God, if you're willing, if you're willing, help me, Lord, if you're willing. He's willing. Why wouldn't he be willing? Huh? Why wouldn't he be willing? Is he not willing because, you know, wrong side of the tracks? Will you not be willing? Why wouldn't he be willing? Why wouldn't he be willing to help you? He says that all things are possible to him who believes. I have faith in God. I want to increase my faith in God. Because like the man said, hey, Lord, hey, man, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's what we're trying to do today. Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. We're all in the same boat. Now, don't, don't you think I'm up here uh, just saying, hey, I have arrived, and so I'm trying to help you arrive. No. No, I'm trying to arrive, and I'm trying to help us arrive. We want to arrive together, don't we? Now, if you have already arrived, then please come up here and just pray for everybody who's sick, and then all of us will be healed. I need healing. Oh, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need need healing. I was going to help help over there, help somebody move. Well, I won't go help. But anyway, I went over there. And uh, trying to make sure everything went well. And uh, I was coughing so bad, the lady said, go home. I said, I'm not going home. I mean, I'm a, I'll, be a, I'll help a little bit. And she told her husband, make Pastor Taylor go home. He, he's just, he, he's just, he's just, a, he's, he, he's just, I tell you, he's worrying me. So he said, hey, hey Pastor, my wife, you worry my wife, go home. I said, <laughs> I said okay, man, okay. I go, I go home, man. I go home. I was coughing so much, man. But um, I, I, I left home this morning. And I said, you know, God, I, never, I forgot to take my cough medicine. I said, but it doesn't matter anyway because it doesn't work. You know, <laughs> it really doesn't. It, doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> so when I came up here, I said, Lord, help me. Help me. And that's all I said. Lord, help me. Help me. If you don't help me, I will not be helped. You hear what I'm saying? I will not be helped. So praise the Lord because we're going to increase our faith in what? God. Now next week we're going to work on uh, another portion of it because see the word tells us certain things and we want to start believing what the word says. It's fine to have faith in God but what has God said? What has God said? Sometimes we don't know what God says and so, therefore, we accept what the enemy has done. 
We accept what the doctor said. We accept what circumstances are. We just accept it because we don't know what the Word says. We're going to talk about the Word. Okay? Are you all ready for that? All right. Praise the Lord. Let's stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call.